Welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing today? If you <laughs> have been around, sorry, I'm jumping right in. If you have been around since our demystifying manifestation episode or have bought co-create, this is about to be your new favorite episode of Thoughts May Vary. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Oh, for sure. If you listen to last Without week's episode, basically it's all we talked about was preparing yeah. <laughs> you mentally for this week's episode because clearly Meadow and I have not stopped thinking about it. We're still processing. Want to tell them who's on? Yes, because I think I manifested it. You did. Today we have on Jessica Gill from To Be Magnetic. She's the director of podcasts and media at To Be Magnetic and the host of the Expanded podcast, which we love so much. And today she came on TMV and just graced us with basically a masterclass in neural manifestation. And before we fill you guys in on exactly what we talked about, let me tell you a little bit about To Be Magnetic. They're the number one destination for neural manifestation. To Be Magnetic's unique manifestation process is backed by neuroscience, psychology, EMDR, epigenetics, and energetics with a little spirituality sprinkled on top for good measure, which we love here at TMB. <laughs> it's based on raising your self-worth and stepping into unique authenticity by reprogramming the subconscious limiting beliefs that you picked up during childhood and throughout your life. It's unreal. You will hear us rave about it in this episode, in the last episode, in the episode to come. We can't get enough of it. And we talked about way more than we even expected <laughs> with Jessica and didn't even get to half of it. But let me fill you in on some of the things that we unpacked today. Of course, we talked about TBM and how to manifest in general. We talked about why self-worth is the key to manifesting, the love-money connection, mm -hmm. The important, oh, that was a big Oof, one. We talked yeah. a lot about also the importance of yeah. short term manifestations versus big picture. So think six to nine months. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about inviting in expansive friendships because we know that you guys love that conversation. We talked about tests and other terminology that they use in TBM. And we did an audience QA, which thank you guys so much as always for asking questions. They're always the Incredible best. Questions. And Jessica answered questions about overcoming fear of failure with manifestation how to manifest when you're depressed, what happens when you're not seeing results, and so much more. I don't even want to take up more of your time because this episode is everything. So please enjoy. Take it away, Jessica. Happy manifesting. This little light over here, but... Do you have the mini? It ha yeah, but it only has like a two-hour lifespan and the charging cord is so small. I'm like, we really need to upgrade this. Cause like in our, we had like a monthly check-in live call and like halfway through the call died. it died. So the half <laughs> other half of my face was, was like, so here we are guys. You're like using oh your phone flashlight the rest of the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try to match. Like the Kim K phone case that she had. Yes. Do you remember that with yeah. the light around it? We all need that. Yeah. No, but this is so good. We uh, were just telling Jessica that we could not be happier about her sound quality right now because, <laughs> and I'm sure you guys listening the are real professional. thrilled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. You will like it at home. I will try my <laughs> my recording voice. <laughs> the oh ASMR recording voice. Yes. Yeah. No, it sounds great. Just, I love it. We're so happy to have you here. Our community is definitely newer to manifestation than mm -hmm. the TBM community. So I feel like today is going to be like a master class yes. of like introduction to manifestation for us. Like I'm, we have so like selfishly, I have so many questions for you. Our audience has so many questions. I cannot wait. Yeah, we're we're so excited. excited. Meadow has been talking about to be magnetic to me for so I put everyone on. long. She puts everyone on. <laughs> I yeah. just downloaded the course for my boyfriend and I. One of the yes. one of the courses that you guys offer. We're really excited about it. 
I've just heard so many amazing things and you guys are just the best and you make manifestations so digestible and accessible, which I really love. So yeah, we were thrilled. We're really thrilled about this. Thanks for being here. And grounded in psychology. Yeah. Yes. That's what drew me in, man. The psychology, I was like, wait, I can have like a pseudo therapy session by myself guided with actual um, therapy and neuroscience informed meditations, like sign me up. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm in. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's like perfect parts equal woo-woo and like scientific grounded in actual research. It's like the most beautiful balance. I love, I love how on the website, I'm like, I read this on the website, right? Where it says like, you don't need to believe in manifestation. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like you literally don't need to believe in manifestation. You're already manifesting. Like what is presenting in your life is a reflection of what you're manifesting. And, you know, just to kind of jump in for anyone who's like, okay, like I get it. The whole philosophy behind to be magnetic is that you're manifesting from your subconscious belief Mm -hmm. and your subconscious self-worth. So that is reflected out. And if we don't like go in and evaluate what's going on in there, what did I pick up? And this is not like a, you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Like you're already whole, you're already good enough. It's getting back to remembering that you already have that with you and within you. It's like the pain and programming got you thinking that you're not. So it's really peeling back those layers. And then your external world starts to reflect as your self-worth increases. Gabby, that's such a cool call out because this past weekend, Gabby and I moderated a panel for a nonprofit. And have you watched Stutz, Jonah Hill? Not yet. It's been in my list forever, but I need to actually watch it. Watch it. It's very good. But so he co-wrote the book, The Tools, with another psychologist called Barry Michaels. And he was on the panel that we moderated this weekend. And he says the exact same thing, but about their tools rather than manifestation in Mm -hmm. terms of like, you don't have to believe in a higher power. Like they make it kind of spiritual too. I think you're going to really like it. Yeah. But they're like, you don't have to believe any of this. Simply try it and see what happens. Like it ends yeah. up speaking for itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's non-denominational, just yes. like working with yourself. Yeah. Like you, you know, we use the term universe a lot, but like sub that with energy, with life force, totally. with God, with, you know, whatever your belief system is, you can plug and play it into this structure. And it's really tools of how can yeah. I actualize my goal when all, especially my guy friends are very resistant, like, oh, manifestation, Mm -hmm. woo-woo, okay, got it. I'm like, right, but what's your goals? Like, could you achieve Mm -hmm. that in the next six to nine months? Like, here's a format on how to do that. Yeah, it's called manifestation, but like, you're achieving your goals. Exactly. Sub the mm -hmm. word if it makes you more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, gosh, I love it. I'm so excited to finally have somebody on, because Meta and I talk about manifestation so much, and I feel like sometimes we forget that we're talking to an audience that it ranges in people, right? Because I have friends who yeah. listen to the podcast who are like, Gabby, you are literally like, you're on another planet. And then I have people who are like already so plugged in and down. So I'm so excited to be able to talk to everybody about manifestation through a very, like I said earlier, just a digestible lens. But before yeah. we get too, too quick into the manifestation I know, I'm talk, already too excited. Yeah, We start every one of our episodes by asking our guests what they're currently unpacking. It can mm. be large, small, anything, whatever resonates for you. I would say the biggest thing I'm unpacking right now is acceptance. Mm. I think there's certain dynamics, relationships, things happen in in my life that more recently presented. I'm like, 
yeah, okay, maybe I need to accept like this is the best this person can show up as mm. and stop kind of like hoping that they're going to be different or wait, no, they just see that I could do this or or even in family dynamics, you know, people that are going through really difficult times, like hoping they'll like pull the, pull themselves out of it and whatever. And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, what's radical acceptance? Mm-hmm. Like this is where they're at. This is what they can give. And how do I adjust my expectations amongst that? So I think that's something I've been trying to like really sit with in a, in a way I haven't had to before. Mm, that's so powerful. And yeah. I think is also such a good lesson in releasing control. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. totally. That Mm -hmm. reframe has like monumentally changed my relationship with my sibling. I have a sibling that I've shared openly on here before has pretty severe substance use challenges. And that kind Mm -hmm. of like dance with radical acceptance versus like not enabling, but also accepting what they can do right now, like kind of learning that line for myself and what that means for myself has transformed our relationship for the better. So I feel that deeply. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And did you, when you were processing through that, did you go through a lot of waves of guilt or grief or shame to be like, oh, I should be doing this or I should Mm -hmm. support them this way and recognizing, no, actually I can't. I got to let them do this. And I had an external voice of a different family member reiterating Mm -hmm. that shame and guilt and responsibility to me as well. So then parceling out like what to take on versus what is actually not mine, despite if other family members disagree, where is that line? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Went through all that. I Did still you, do, to be fair. Still learn with it in yeah. the real time. But you, Meadow, to be fair to you and give you credit, have really grown so Thank much you. through through that. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I mean, for both of you, did you guys feel – because we've talked, we've talked about this on the podcast, but did you guys feel like – the more you accepted somebody else for who they are and the more that you practice that radical acceptance, did you feel like even for a moment there was a wider disconnect Mm. between Mm. you and that, whether it's a family member or friend or whoever like it may be? I I would say for me, yeah. Because when you can radically accept – great question, by the way. When you can radically accept the person for who they are, there is a dying off of who you thought they were. Totally. Mm -hmm. And so when you're kind of like, okay, this is actually not who they are. Like I have this sort of fantasy in my head of them and that's not the truth. And I have to almost like grieve what I thought I had Mm -hmm. with that person. And that creates some space. But then you get to look at them for who they are, appreciate them for who they are, you know, love them for who they are or set boundaries where you need to set boundaries too. Okay, mm-hmm. wait. What about you? I beautifully said, completely agree. But this also kind of leads perfectly into the first thing I wanted to talk to you about, which was your one of the most recent uh, pod episodes that you all did on the Expanded Podcast was love and money connection, mm-hmm. which is so interesting mm-hmm. because selfishly, I feel like I have love figured out to a T and money I'm still kind of grappling with. And so I think it's so mm-hmm. interesting to the prompt to kind of like explore that deeper and where it comes from. So I'd love for you. Oh, and in your examples, you brought up Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which we talk about incessantly yes. on this podcast. <laughs> yes. So I'd love for you to kind of explain that to our community because I think it'll hit. Yes. So really the love and money connection, Lacey explained it really well. And it was sort of so funny. She was channeling it. It was like kind of coming through her. And as she was recording, channeling it, her like, 
eyes are closed <gasps> and the computer starts glitching. Like it was like the funniest Shut thing. Up. That's awesome. Um, but we've always said, you know, in, in relation to manifestation, where you're blocked in one or what your core root is in one, it's also reflecting in the other. And the reason that love and money are so connected because they're both tied back to security, a mm. felt sense of security. And if you look at that hierarchy of needs, in order to move on into like deeper connection and intimacy and love, you have to have security covered, mm -hmm. right? And so we're like teetering between the hierarchy at all times. But in order to fulfill that need, we're looking for that safety security. So in your case, a lot of people say this, they're like, one's figured out and one's not figured out at all. But what is the core desire that you need in each relationship? And are they mm. getting met fully? Like, mm. is there another, even if their relationship's perfect, like amazing, all of that's going great. Is there one element when you think of your 100% needs and fulfillment in a relationship are all of those being met? And is there one element that's not? And that's relating to like your subconscious self-worth in the mm. other. The answer is the link, like the link between the two, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm a hundred percent. And I prompt. think, you know, sometimes one can almost like feel like a false sense of security over the other. Mm. So people will have like a lot of financial success. They're like, I'm integrated. Like, you know, where's my partner? And they think they're in success in career because they have external validation things, mm. right? Like money, they're in the career track that they want to be on. But if they think about unapologetically, like their soul's essence, what they want and what mm. they crave, maybe they actually don't even want to be in that career path, mm. but they have success, right. you know? So it's like, where are you still hiding. And I think in both places, it's intimacy. It's intimacy with your career. Like, are you able to connect deeply to another person? Are you able to connect deeply to your craft or whatever you want in your career and with money? And with both things, not putting your self-worth in having them, mm. right? Like I'm not more valid right. because I have a partner or I'm not more valid because I have a high paying job. Like, how do you separate your worth from being inside both of those? And the funny thing is when you do that, you can manifest them super easily because you're on the same level versus if you're like, I'll be, you know, worth it when I get there. Mm. Well, now you're putting on a pedestal and now it feels far away from you versus just being able to connect. And the thing too, I mean, I know that Meadow and I are both just sitting here nodding because we have all these conversations all the time. So it's so nice to just hear it from someone who can yeah, like be validated explain yeah. it. yes <laughs> but even when mm. we're talking about putting ourselves on a pet or putting something on a pedestal like I, I was talking about this the other day with my acupuncturist which I adore which I talk about all the time on the podcast we love her and I was like you yes. know it's so funny when I think about career things because there there are like certain things that I want to accomplish and achievements that are external achieve achievements that I can be like hey guys look at this award Hey, mom, mm -hmm. look at this award. Hey, sister, mm -hmm. you know, like pointing to everybody. But who am I to think that once I get that award or once I get that accomplishment or once I get that financial reward, that that's going to be enough? Like the pedestal is just going to, mm -hmm. it's just going to keep mm -hmm. moving higher and higher and higher and higher. So mm -hmm. it's like, what do I actually want? What is that core mm -hmm. need? What is that core desire? So I think, like Meadow said, that is such a good prompt to work through because at the end of the day, you're going to keep moving the goalpost. So what's actually left? A hundred percent. And if you think about love and money, going back to security, you think a certain number will bring you security. But if your lifestyle starts matching up mm -hmm. with whatever you're doing, that felt sense of security is not there. 
of course, there's a baseline, right, yeah. where you can not put food on the table to putting food on the table. That's going to make a massive difference. But once you're over a certain threshold, more money in the bank doesn't actually make you feel more secure. Mm. There was a great example Dak Shepard shared, I think on his podcast, where he was like, you know, I always thought I had to make a million dollars and then I'd feel good. I'm like, okay, I made it. I got it. And then he got to a million. He's like, okay, you know, it's actually not a million. It's 10 million. Like, let's go that. And then he's like, okay, you know, it's actually not, it's a, it's not 10, it's 20. Like once I get to 20 and the goalposts kept mm-hmm, moving yeah. and moving and moving. And then he's racking up all this wealth and he's like, I still don't feel safe and secure. I feel like I could lose it at any moment. Like, okay, there's something bigger going on here. It's not about filling in this security with this item of money. It's recognizing why don't I feel safe? Why don't I feel capable if this goes away? Why don't I feel enough without this felt sense of security? Totally. Mm. I know you kind of touched on it in the beginning, but if we also could go back to just a little bit of self-worth's role in manifestation and kind of how Mm -hmm. TVM packages it, I just want it to be super clear for people because I feel like everything comes back to self-worth Yeah, with this work. You know what I mean? It all comes down to that. And I want to like really nail that home as the integral part. Yes. Okay. So Lacey, who's the founder of Tube Magnetic, this work came through her. She really describes it as the item that you want to manifest, you kind of have on this level, right? Mm -hmm. And your self-worth has to match it in order to be able to connect with it. And your self-worth is basically like everything that you're putting out there. There's three pillars we have in manifestation, unblocking, expansion, and aligned action, right? And it's really the subconscious work, like what's going on, you know, under the hood of the car, what are your beliefs? But your beliefs are informing your actions, Mm -hmm. what you're settling for, what you're saying no to. The expansion is really seeing to believe what you want is even possible. There was a study, it's a little tangent, but there was a study where uh, there's this trend of like the lucky girl right now. Oh my gosh, we have seen it. Yes, (laughs) yes, Yes. So there's this lucky girl trend and it was interesting. They did a study on on luck and people that coined themselves as lucky and they put, had them flip through a book and put a hundred dollar bill in there. And the people who considered themselves lucky found the $100 bill, like 70% of this study. And the people who consider themselves unlucky, almost none of them found the $100 bill. And I think the real kind of like takeaway is people who are considering themselves worthy, see themselves as I'm good enough, I'm, I'm worth it, are going to see more opportunities, are going to see more avenues for growth, for potential, all of those things. So when we're saying self-worth, it's the subconscious piece, but then it's like, how are your actions in real life, you know, leading up to attracting and coming into that thing? So when you raise your self-worth, it's getting back here. The one sort of caveat I want to share around that is people think, oh, I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough. No, you're not damaged. You're not broken. The reason your self-worth isn't up here is because of programming and belief systems. You're inherently 100% worthy of anything you want. Like that is, you were born that way. Like you have all of the worth. You're just remembering it. Mm -hmm. You're, You're leaving the limiting beliefs behind. You're changing your neural pathways and programming that made you feel like you couldn't operate in that way. And so you're getting back to your inherent worthiness. Because I think a lot of other, you know, methodologies are like, yeah, you're not good enough yet or what? No, not at all. Like you already 100% are. It's it's an act of remembering. Mm. See, what's funny is we say that, you know, you do, it's non-denominational and it is. You don't need to have any beliefs to do this work. But I did find that for myself personally, we did an episode recently called Unpacking Core Wounds. Mm. And I shared that my core wound was not 
fundamentally embodying that I am good here just being enough as I am without having to do anything else. I was never raised religiously, but I really had to kind of go back and dive really deep into what spirituality looked like and meant for me and kind of explain to my brain why me being here without any accomplishments or doing anything or giving, even without giving back to the community, which is like a big thing that my mom gave to me, Mm. I'm good. And that had to be explained to me through spiritual beliefs of we are all connected. The world is benevolent because Mm. I believe that and I'm a part of it. I'm inherently good. But I had to, I had to make that larger than life in order to embody it. Yeah. It's a good reframe, but I think that's where, at least for me or how I see other people kind Mm -hmm. of, we'll get to our audience questions, but how I see people frame things is kind of this like, flirting with what their yeah. beliefs are with yeah. anything yeah. larger than yeah. life for sure you know yeah. what i mean yeah and i think you have to make that relationship so unique in your own you yeah, know it's like almost taking the power back with the spirituality elise lunin has a fantastic book that's coming out i think in may Ooh. and really dives into this this core wound of not good enough and through history mm-hmm. what are all the ways that you know, women or, or female identifying bodies like are feeling not good enough. And here is the history lesson through all of it. And um, writing this down wait. so I do not forget <laughs> yeah. immediately. Oh <laughs> I can't wait. You guys are going to love it. It's fascinating. Um, and she even goes through like the seven deadly sins. You know, you, you take something like sloth, like we're meant to think sloth and lazy is bad. We're going to get punished, go to hell if, if right. we do this. Like we're, we're on this shit list. That's our rest. That's our nourishment. Like that should not be part of a sin. That is part of balance, you know? And it's like, what are the ways that we've kind of been conditioned through society over time to believe that our being is not in enoughness? Mm. Oh, Jess, I'm going to have to get a book list from you after this. I know. (laughs) Oh my God. I know that I personally struggle with self-worth in the way of believing that I'm capable within my career. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a really big block that I have with money. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm like, okay, but how do I, even if I can remember like I'm inherently worthy and I'm, you know, all these great things and it's just a bunch of programming, then what do I do when the narrative of like, okay, but when we're talking about career, you might need to either climb a certain ladder or like you don't have enough experience yet or like, that narrative? Like Mm -hmm. where does that interject with remembering our self-worth? Yeah. So I think the pursuit of remembering your self-worth is not, it's not a, it's not a pedestal. It's not a goalpost. It's not a, Mm -hmm. you're here. You made it. Keep going. Mm. It's no going back. Right. Like it's a, it's a (laughs) stepping stool and it's a, it's a ladder. So the idea of, okay, but I need to, you know, move up or I need to get certain experiences in order to feel mm-hmm. confident at this skill set. That's just bridging and growing your self-worth along the way. We yeah. had a career episode not that long ago. And, you know, especially when you're starting out in a new industry, you're not going to automatically be the CEO and you're not going to have, you can know that, yes, one day I know I'm capable enough to get there. But you're not going to start off feeling 100% capable of being the CEO unless you have, which is another big pillar, expansion. Unless you see Mm. to believe that you have the skill sets, ability that, oh, that CEO does that. I know how to do all that. Okay, got it. Check. That's when you start moving there. And so all the Mm. sort of 
um, jobs and career paths and uh, levels with money along the way are just, we call them bridges. They're, they're helping you bridge the gap between where you're at and where you want to go. It might not be the end all be all, but it's helping bolster your self-worth, your expansion, you're taking a line action, and you're starting to integrate some of those belief systems in real time. Because I think one of the biggest things with trying to overwrite these belief systems, it's much easier to do in a subconscious state, which is why we have meditations to mm-hmm. do them. We incorporated EMDR into it because that's been really, really effective and in cementing these new belief systems. But then you have to actually go out in the real world, behave almost like, okay, this is the action I'm going to take from this state and not see the backlash or see the backlash and know you're okay. Because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. you're like, I'm good enough. And then the person's like, what? No, like, okay, you're, you're fired or this or whatever it is. And you have to be like, okay, this is, we call them tests. This is a test. It's saying, do you really feel like you're good enough? Do you re- are you sure you want to set that boundary? You know, and it's a lesson in sort of dance with the the work, the world, the universe, whatever you want to call it, to continually grow towards it. It's not like a light switch that you flip on and right. off. Do you right. think that these sort of bridge manifestations are a good place for folks to start who maybe know they want a bigger or better life for themselves, but really have no clue what that looks like yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like are so new to this work, don't really know their authentic self. Like they don't know what it is, but they want to start playing with this. Yeah. Is so bridge manifestations kind of like, or small ones mi- a good place to start? Yeah, we call them minis because um, that minis, starts yeah. to like build the trust with the with this work yeah. that, okay, when yeah. I do this, I see this happening. Cool. What's my patterning with this? But the How to Manifest workshop really breaks it down where we added the authentic code as like day two in there. Like you have to go back in. There's a meditation Mm -hmm. where you sit with like a time in childhood where you felt so free, so authentic. What did you do? What did you enjoy? What did you love? You know, and it goes through all of these different questions to to really reconnect back to that rooted you before your parents said you had to be a doctor or before, you know, you were like, you better help out in the community, whatever your mom said to you. you So it's like, what were all those things that like you truly loved? And then from that place, then you can build your manifestation list. And when we have people build their lists, we say it has to be believable. It could be a little bit of a stretch, but it has to be believable Mm. in the next six to nine months. And we, Mm. we go for, you know, if you think of manifestation like a goal, you want to truncate it step by step yeah. by step. If you are, you know, living in a hundred square foot studio apartment and you want to manifest a Malibu mansion, but you don't know anyone who owns a mansion, you have no funds or means to even be close to doing that. You have no income portals that you know might be there. You're not getting that in the next six to nine months. Doesn't mean you can't get it. It just means it's going to take a little bit longer and your current surroundings has to be closer to that happening. You know, someone who has bought and flipped a few homes, has tons of friends that are homeowners, and understands the mm-hmm. market in Malibu, like they're probably mm-hmm. six to nine months from their dream spot in Malibu. So it's recognizing, okay, where on this scale of big dreams am I? And what is like the most impactful thing I can call in and goal to set that's going to get me closer to that big end goal? I love that you brought up truncating the goals. Yes. Because I saw that recently. I think Meadow, you and I were talking about it about in trying, the car. I think I said it. We yes, just I talked was like, about this. Yeah. 
Because I was saying, Meadow and I are really into Pinterest boards right now. Yes, and I love that. I, I feel like it's just, I'm bringing back we my Tumblr really, era. Yes, exactly. We're very new back to Pinterest, like reliving the Tumblr yeah. days. Love and it. I told Meadow, I was like, I really got in the mood the other day. I love design. I love interiors. Mm. I was like, I'm going to make a whole Pinterest board about like my dream house. Yes. And I'm sitting in the car with Meadow and I'm like, Meadow, do you want to know it was on my fucking dream board or like vision board? <laughs> And she's like, what? I'm like, fucking Oprah's mansion in Monastery. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> happening right now for me. I was like, I think I'm going to make a new that's separate so board that has like my first home with my boyfriend mm, or like yeah. our first apartment together or like our yeah. first whatever. And like, it was the first time that I was like, I, I look way too far in the future. Mm. And I'm like, I just love having a plan. And so I love that you brought that up. Are there any other. I guess misconceptions or I don't want to say like wrongdoings, but any other like major misconceptions that you see people having with manifestation? Yeah, I would say a lot of people, when they don't check in with their authentic code, they'll manifest things from a place of ego or validation, which, Mm. you know, the formula still works. You can still get there if you subconsciously believe, you know, you can be on that same plane, but, you know, they get there and they're like, this isn't what I really want. What am I here? You know, this isn't really the thing. And so we try to get people to really get clear on what is the feeling beneath the material item you're trying to get. So Mm -hmm. if you're like, I want a sports car. All right, let's break it down. Like, what is it about the sports car? Do you see it as a status symbol? Do you want to like post it on Instagram and show all your friends from home? Like, screw you. I got a sports car. (laughs) Like, yeah, you can get it. But why? Like, why not just get the feeling of like, I'm good enough? You know, why not try to make that your goal instead? Or what's a car that I'm going to go in and I'm going to love just for me if I never showed anyone that I had this car? You know, Mm -hmm. someone who maybe they built cars with their dad when they grew up. And so they love old school, whatever cars, maybe they're manifesting that that's something that's going to be more authentic. So we try to really have people filter everything through their authenticity. So when they Mm -hmm. get the manifestation, they're not left feeling like, all right, so what? And then that kind of perpetuates materialism. You know, I think manifestation materialism seem to go hand in hand, but they don't Mm -hmm, actually mm -hmm. have to, because if you're living out of what you authentically desire, the core wants beneath everything. It's not about a million things, a million pieces, all this stuff. It's what actually lights me up, brings me joy, um, impacts my life in a positive way. And getting really clear on that before just mass, mass uh, Mm. consumption. I heard you and Lacey say this in a podcast once, and I I think about this all the time still, where I think it was Lacey that said, I hope everyone that wants any sort of material thing Mm -hmm. manifests it as quick as humanly possible because you'll realize like that, that it's not going to solve any of your problems. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like everybody gets everything they want because it's it's all the core underneath. And as someone that's done these workshops, I can't tell you how often I go back to my authentic code, even in just my own personal journaling and mental health work. Mm-hmm. Even entirely separate from manifestation, I think it it just helps people kind of come back to who you are mm-hmm. and like realign yourself with if you're going through a breakup mm-hmm. or if, you know, you feel like you've kind of lost yourself in a career that maybe wasn't totally aligned. Like coming back to these value systems mm-hmm. feels so grounding and kind of, it kind of gives you the sense of security. Like yeah. at least I know who I am. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. We, we got a few questions that I think in my attempts to combine, I would love for you to give like a crash course on 
Tess versus Dark Knight of the Soul versus mm. this kind of like feel of failure or that kind of in between when things aren't happening. Okay, so Tess is a concept that Lacey really recognized early on in, in developing this process. And it's like, as we are trying to utilize this new neural pathway belief of I'm good enough mm-hmm. or whatever you're, you're working on correcting and moving through, feeling worthy of something, the universe sort of throws you tests. And it's really just opportunities to like stand in your worth to say like, no, I, I, I'm ready to take this shift. I'm ready to not settle for these things. I'm, I'm ready to say no. Um, and, and tests can kind of come in the form of opportunities, like a really juicy carrot job opportunity. It's like almost everything you want on your list, but the pay is just not there. And so in the past, maybe you would have settled for it, but you're ultimately not getting everything you want. And so it's really, really important to not settle in manifestation, to hold out, to know, okay, if I could manifest this option coming through, then something that has everything I want that's even more aligned is right behind Mm. it. And staying steadfast with that. And tests can also come in the form of triggers or emotional reactions. Mm. You know, uh, maybe someone cuts you off in their car and you're like, what the hell? Like you get really, really angry or um, maybe a coworker, you know, belittles you in a meeting and you're like, I can't believe they like did that. It's an opportunity to look at what still needs healing like where Mm -hmm. your self-worth is still tied with these outside dynamics Mm -hmm. and how you can start to heal yourself from it. So let's say you have um, the coworker that like cut you off in the meeting and was like rude and you're like, oh, we have people go back in and say, okay, what'd you feel? What was the emotional emotional trigger that came up? Um, What did you actually need from that situation? Oh, I needed respect. Okay, well, where in childhood did you need respect? Like where Mm -hmm. did you learn this model of behavior, or where mm-hmm. is this dynamic presented mm-hmm. before you? Because if it's hysterical, it's historical. So if you are so enraged at this coworker, even though they may be a huge pain in your ass, and that is valid, and you can process those emotions, it probably touches on another core wound, which is why it was so activating. Otherwise, you would have just been like, "Ugh, whatever." This coworker, they're on their thing. I don't know why they do that. It doesn't bother mm-hmm. me. But the fact that it hit you is like you still have a wound that needs tending to. So through the process, there's tons of these. We have people track them. And they're often really good indicators of where you're at with the process. You know, the more you're being tested, the more the universe is kind of like, come on, like we want, we want you to stop settling for this. We want you to heal these things so you can connect with what you want to call in. <laughs> I have never been more quiet. quiet. <laughs> I'm like, I can, I can. I'm like see, applying the steps in my brain right yeah. now. Literally, I can see all our listeners taking notes right now. Yeah, and I wrote down. I'm I just wrote down what you said. If it's hysterical, if it's hysterical, it's historical. Is yeah. such a bar. Yeah, that's so, bar. and that's one of the questions we got was. Well, first, actually, I want to know: Have you read the Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer? No, I haven't. Okay, so we've unpacked it a lot on this podcast. We think it is a great expansive example of someone kind of like living out this extreme of if the universe knows more than I can in my 29 years of life, like if I just surrender what to what the universe gave me, I can create a life for myself bigger than I ever could have imagined. Mm. It's a very cool extreme example of mm-hmm. that. But where we thought it was lacking was examples of boundaries and understanding like what is a test versus you surrendering to an experience right. that is larger than life? Like there really wasn't 
any of that parceling out. Yeah. Do you have any tips for kind of understanding when something is a test, like when oh, maybe question. fear is holding you back from stepping into alignment or kind yeah. of how to play with that if you're not used to it? Yeah. So we have a little checklist for tests and it's, Ooh. is it impeding on a boundary that you've set for yourself? Mm-hmm. Because often when we set boundaries, the universe is like, yeah, but like, are you going to hold it? Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> like, do you really want that? You know, is your subconscious, even uh, if you're manifesting, setting boundaries with your family, you will be tested in, you know, are you sure that feels uncomfortable? Like, are you really going to do that? And it's like, don't settle, like hold the boundary and then self-soothe any emotional things that come up. The other thing for tests is, does it make you feel small or like you're settling? Mm. So a lot of times it's mm. like, Almost like this feeling of embarrassment, like, oh God, I don't want people to know I like took that job or I don't, I, I don't even like that I did that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, are you, are you feeling around there? Um, is it, is it uh, eliciting an emotional or egoic reaction? You know, is it like you're feeling really heavily triggered and flamed, like your emotions are kind of hijacked, your nervous system's mm-hmm. hijacked. Mm-hmm. The nervous system being hijacked is, almost so hard to perceive in the moment. But when you become dysregulated from an outside thing happening, it's an opportunity to be like, okay, I need to reset this nervous system. Where is this nervous system response coming from? What is the wounding? What is the story? You know, what am I telling myself? What's going on here? And then the last one, is it impeding on a core wound? Like, is it pressing Mm -hmm. upon a core wound? Almost like if your core wound is I'm not good enough, is it making you feel like they're pointing to the fact that they're not good enough or you don't feel good enough? Because that's usually a test to be like, okay, that is making me feel not good enough, but I know that I mm. am. So how can I mm. sort of metabolize what's happening, process the emotions around it um, and get a corrective experience? So I'm not continuing on in that way. Totally. Oh my God. That's I such love- helpful, tangible yes. advice. Yeah. Like this entire, I mean, we've been recording for 30 minutes and this entire episode already is just so unbelievably tangible. I can't even begin yeah. to explain Yay. to you. Like it's <laughs> it's so helpful. It's so tangible. It's like very checklist. And I think that is why what you all do at TBM is so universal because it allows skeptics, non-skeptics, believe whatever it is, mm-hmm. like to everyone to be like, okay. And what we said at the beginning, like here, but here are the steps. Mm-hmm. You don't got to believe try us. It. Try mm-hmm. it. Yes. Yeah. Let us know how you feel. Or 100%. Don't, but like, try it, you know? A hundred percent. It's it's transformative. It's funny, in pursuit of manifesting something, let's say material, job, career, money, partner, whatever, you become a different person. Like oh, you yeah. become, you are healing. It is like, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's almost like <laughs> a weird lens, a starter into therapy in a very deep mm, way Yeah, um, that I don't think when people sign up, they're like, I can't wait to manifest my dream home. And then they're like, oh, I can't believe my mom said that to me when I was two. Like, you know, it's literally, like a whole different Literally, <laughs> I feel like there's so many gifts that come along the way with manifestation where of yeah. course, like you get the gift of what you're manifesting. But I think the real bigger gift is that deep work that you do on yourself on the road to get what you set out initially that you wanted. A hundred percent. I had the inverse experience of I went to therapy being like, my life is in shambles. I'm 17 years old. You know, all this stuff is going on. Let me 
like fix my healing. And the first thing I learned about was boundaries and manifestation, but in a therapeutic setting. So like my first example of it ever was kind of the inverse in a really beautiful way, but that's why your programming being so psychologically based just like really speaks to me. But kind of of that same ilk, do you have any tips or advice for folks trying to manifest that are either deep in a depression or experiencing Mm -hmm. anxiety or any other kind of more serious mental health challenges? Yeah. So the one beautiful thing is you can manifest at any time, like whether you're depressed, whether you're in a in a slump, in a rut, like whatever process that you were in, you can still be manifesting. Your conscious worth maybe in a depression doesn't feel great, mm-hmm. but your subconscious worth is still there, right? And that the mm-hmm. subconscious self-worth is always rising. You're peeling back layers every single day. You're not gonna, you know, fall off on that. So just have that hope in it. Um, But I think for anyone who's going through any sort of um, mental health issues, it's really to figure out how to do the practice that works for you. So like someone who has anxiety, not to become obsessive with it, you know, to really say you like these are tools, but you have the power, you know, what's best for Mm -hmm. you. Like this is how you can guide yourself through it. We created an anxiety DI where people like in the meditation every worry they have coming up, it like drops in a bucket, like all of these things and they can process through. So we try to create some tools for people like that. We have a fear DI for processing when like intense feelings and fear come up. I think depression, I know personally when I go through bouts of depression, I'm not really motivated to sit and do a DI journal prompt and dig through the muck. And you kind of just have to give yourself grace and compassion and love and lean through those waves and know that, okay, this wave hits, but I know I've gotten out of it before. And honestly, when I have those lulls, especially in my mental health personally, the authentic code and a lot of the journaling we have around there is all about like your inner joy. So I'll like Mm -hmm. reference and go back there. I'm like, okay, what's one thing I could do that might just like help something today in that vein? Uh, you know, and microdosing helps, but that's only oh. for people who Jessica? have access to it. So we don't I even literally get it got off my antidepressant medication by microdosing. Wow. And doing a protocol last year. Mm-hmm. Wow. It changed my I went on anti-anxiety medication while working at a mental health nonprofit, which was like cruel irony. Wow. And got off of it by like stepping into my code, learning my spirituality, like embodying these lessons more and microdosing. Wow. And it changed my entire life. The the research behind the impacts on the brain and the subtle shifts from microdosing are so profound and so gentle. Like I really hope it becomes widely available because it's just such a better alternative for so many people. And even with depression specifically, like it's lifting that that default mode network. So that rumination that I'm stuck in this, it just gives you breathing room to be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but like what, you know, I can look out and at the sky and just be in awe and wonder, yeah. you know? So, yeah. wow, that's so cool. How to Change Your Mind, great book for anyone yeah. curious and wanting to read about it. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Okay, I want to ask you one more thing before we get into a little bit more audience questions, which is what is one of your favorite things you've manifested recently? Ooh, I was manifesting a winter getaway. I was feeling I needed like full-time in nature. I wanted like crazy, you know, awe-inspiring things just to be like present for at least a week. And I live in LA. Tell so me I, you microdose. Yeah. I really, yeah. 
<laughs> You're like, I just want to stare at nature and be in awe. Yes. Um, I really, I wanted that. And then on the flip side of that, I wanted to be sitting in like uh, the sort of by the fire pit or yeah. the fireplace in, in nice hotels with a cocktail and a book like that. Yes. The combination oh of gosh, the two totally. things. I was like, okay, I see it in my head. Like I really want this. I knew exactly how it felt underneath. And I wanted snow around because I'm in LA and I like really miss the snow being an East Coaster. That was one of the big things I was manifesting. And I am not kidding. This I was like, okay, I'm between a few different snow towns, ski towns. Like I, I think I kind of know what I want. I'm not sure which one. And I was going through and someone who does the TBM work lived in this one area in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And they reach out like, we just had a, you know, magnetic meetup where he talked about the work and it was so powerful, blah, blah, blah. She was a blogger for Jackson Hole. And she was like, I can show you all the best spots. Every single thing was like on my list. And then one of the girls was like, I usually, you know, rent out my cabin over the holidays. I'm going to be gone. Um, but no one rented it this year. Do you want it for free? And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Sure. I mean, like, let's meet first and like make sure we're all cool. But like, yeah, <laughs> this is amazing. It was the oh wildest thing. Her place is amazing. It was right in town. It was right by all of, like the hotel lobbies. Like you have the national parks right there. It's like the most gorgeous town ever. And the women were so nice and just incredible. I was like blown away how clearly it came through. And it was so funny because right before she said she had her place available, we had another test option of like Mm. this hotel that I really liked the hotel, but it was like pretty bougie on the other end. Mm. Do I really want to be spending like this much money on this trip? And, you know, Mm -hmm. okay, like maybe. Then I was like, you know what? I can do it. Like, this is my trip. I know I'm supposed to be here. It's got everything on the list. Like, I'm going to do it. And then she called right after and was like, I got the place for free. Like, do you want to take it? And I was like, oh, I'm so happy I did not say yes to the other hotel. Wow. So an wild. ode to the work, baby. An Seriously. ode to the work. I also love that example because it doesn't have to be so deep sometimes. Yes. Sometimes it's a yes. fucking trip yes. to rest and relax mm-hmm. like we need for mm-hmm. Maslow's hierarchies. I'll say one thing with that too is I – had to set a boundary with my family to not go home for Christmas in order to do that. Ooh. And that was so hard. I have never not gone home. I am a people pleaser, like, or I'm a reform, I'm reforming people pleaser. But I, I we should start a club. Yes. <laughs> but having to say, I need to do this for me. I need to not wow. take care of anyone. Like I love going home for the holidays, but it's stressful. You have all these emotional energies around you. You want everyone to the best time. You haven't seen each other in Mm. months. So you like feel obligated to do everything together. I don't want any of that. I wanted to check in with me and only me and my partner can go skiing and then we'll check in after that. But I wanted like so little called of me. I wanted to just focus in on me for a couple of days. And, um, she took it super well. I'm shocked. I was like, Oh God, this is going to be terrible. And she was like, totally fine. Like, do what you need to do. And I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> She's like, okay, I'm not even cool. going to ask. I'm not even going to say it. Thanks. <laughs> That's wow. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love reiterating what Meadow said that sometimes like it can just be, and not that like, that's not deep because you needed that like restorative restful time, yeah. but it can mm-hmm. just be that like immediate future trip or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be like, I'm planning for you know, my five children. Your right? Montecito home. Uh, my mom's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to Oprah for me. It really does. 
Okay. Yeah. Honestly, my Pinterest board <laughs> literally has every single room in my dream home designed. So Shut I'm, up. I'm not, oh I'm in the same boat as you. I'm Great. very guilty yeah. of the the major manifestations down the line. No, it's like literally like <laughs> Megan and Harry's home in Oprah's home. And I'm like, I... <laughs> I don't, I can't even like keep my plants alive. And I'm like, I want a garden. Like I have so (laughs) many things that I need to do first. (laughs) Okay. Before we wrap up, we got so many audience questions and I definitely want to lean into those. We, okay. You already answered a lot. You already answered a lot. Naturally in our conversation. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. You did. You really did. One though. And we were talking about it a little bit earlier, going back to the idea of setting boundaries and feeling like yourself around the people that you love. We have a lot of questions about expansive mm. friendships because something Meta and mm. I talk about Oh, yes, a we lot. do. Do yeah. you have any tips around how to manifest expansive friendships? Anything that comes with that? Yeah. So we have an exercise in the expander section, but basically you take the five to 10 people you interact with the most and write down, you know, if you're thinking about the expansive friendships, I'd write down like, what are the qualities you want out of that? Like, what are the things you want to be doing together? How do you want to feel around this person? What level of depth do you want in this relationship? Um, Really, what are you looking for from it? Mm -hmm. And then once you do that, it's kind of like, okay, this is what I'm going towards. But then when you inventory the five, 10 people you're around, who does not match that? Like, where are there elements Mm -hmm. where they're super far? You know, is there someone... um, in your immediate circle that you might not feel safe around. You can't set boundaries. You can't be honest. You can't be open. And I think it's not about like clearing out your current friend list in pursuit of this other one, but it's how can you adjust those friendships that, you know, maybe one of the things you're calling in in the friendship list is like really expansive and interesting conversations. And maybe one of the friends you have right now, all they want to do is gossip and like talk shit and kind of like, debunk or Mm -hmm. go through everyone's lives instead of saying like, okay, that friend's got to go. It's like, all right, well, can I set boundaries to not have those conversations with them? Because I don't even want to be participating in that if this is what I'm calling in. So I would start there. Um, That was definitely something that I had on my list this past year is like just meeting more people. I don't want to say like in the industry, but more people that are really entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. and like doing Mm -hmm. like big business stuff. And it's, pretty wild how quickly those people can kind of pop up into your life in the most bizarre ways, especially with social media, you know, you get DMs and such, but, um, there's so many people out there. There's so many different ways to have friendships. It doesn't have to look Mm -hmm. like we hang out and go to coffee and go shopping and this, you know what I mean? Like it can look like you have really cool FaceTime calls, um, mm-hmm. or you share funny memes with each other because you just want more fun and joy in your life. So get to the core want beneath it, and then you can start to really attract those people in. Mm. I want to give a quick example of that real quick, just because I love that so much. And I think one of the most expansive friendships I have is someone, Lena, shout out if she's listening, who we lived down the street from each other in Oakland six years ago and maybe saw each other twice, like never saw each other. And then she moved to Hawaii. I moved to San Diego. And over that time, I say like once a month, maybe less, we check in and just send voice notes back and forth to each other for 10 minutes. And we have one of the most supportive friendships I have Mm. out of any friendship in my life. Mm. Like so, so all encompassing and unconditional and beautiful. And, you know, we talk about losing our dads and we talk about our partners and queerdom and like just big things, but it's always silly and light and fun. And like maybe once a month, 
And that's, that's what it is. And yeah. it's still one of my most expansive friendships. So I love that you say it can be unique. And I love that you say, start by the ones that you have, because mm-hmm. it's true. You never know what they can turn into when you just make a little adjustments like that. Yeah. And I love your example of that too, because when you get to those core wants of what you want from a friendship, you might find that you actually have a lot more of those friendships at your disposal already. Mm. Like they're already totally. there. You just maybe need to connect with them more, you know, or or see like, oh, wow. Yeah, that actually is a super fulfilling friendship. I already have that in my life, you know? So yeah. it's kind of taking a mirror to all of that as well. Totally. We sort of touched on this earlier because now I'm like looking through these audience questions and I'm like, we really have touched through pretty yeah. much. We, all, we did a good job. We, go. we did a good job integrating them. Go team. <laughs> we definitely, I wonder if there's, cause I know the self-worth bit comes into this, but if there's anything else that we can touch on, a couple people ask thoughts on manifesting when they're not seeing results. Hmm. If you're not seeing results, especially if you're doing the to be magnetic work, like there's a very clear formula in there. Start mm-hmm. with the how to manifest workshop. But if you're not seeing results, you're either not unblocked enough, meaning you don't, you haven't really sat with those limiting beliefs in a deep way, um, or there's just more to be mm-hmm. doing there to strengthen the new neural pathway. You're not expanded enough, meaning you don't have enough examples around you or people that are doing what you want to be doing in the way that you want the thing, like Mm -hmm. what your core essence of it is. So let's say you want to make $200,000 and you're like, I have plenty of people around me who make $200,000, but how are they making the money? Are they doing, Mm -hmm. are they working for a corporate job and you want to be freelance? Mm -hmm. You know, you need a freelance expander then. So you're not expanding enough. And then the last thing is you're not taking aligned action. You know, where are, what are the kind of like intuitive hits or, or bursts of inspirations that are coming through you that are saying like, put this thing out, like create this thing, do this Mm, year, or mm -hmm. even get off your phone, stop scrolling social media. Like what are those things that are coming through? And are you acting on all of those things? Are you able to set boundaries? Are you able to um, pass tests? So dive (laughs) into all of those because there's some, there's usually, if you've been doing that, there's usually one that needs to get bolstered a little bit more and then it'll connect you. Question about the programs that you guys offer. Do you suggest that folks will sign up for the how to manifest before? Cause I know you have ones on money and like love and relationships. Like, can you kind mm. of start wherever or is there like a, yeah, you should start here. Oh, we always recommend people go into how to manifest first because that kind of sets the template of like whatever you're manifesting, it's going to be in this sort mm. of formula. Mm. And these are sort of the principles behind it. And then you can go to both love and money are like deep dives in each category, right? So I think in both of them, you you how did your parents specifically relate to money? What programming did you learn around money growing up? Mm-hmm. Whereas how to manifest is kind of like setting the formula down. Mm-hmm. You can get your list ready, all of that, and then you can go to the second ones after. Um, I suggest most people sign up for the Pathway membership because you get every single workshop for a year. Like I said at the beginning, like manifestations, we say it has to be something within the next six to nine months, which takes us to about a year, right? So now you have a year to utilize how to manifest, love, money, rut, rock bottom. Um, We have something called the daily practice, which is where you do all your unblocking and reprogramming, where you go and you have your tests and triggers. We have a monthly check-in where everyone can like do a live FaceTime call and Mm. we answer questions rapid fire for what's coming up for everyone. So we recommend everyone go there because then they can get like the 
all access pass for a year and and see what they can turn out on the other side. Oh my gosh. Also to anyone curious about signing up, I think I did how to manifest an inner child than shadow. And mm-hmm. I really liked my order. Mm-hmm. Like I felt mm-hmm. like that was so, cause I felt everything. Cause then what I, I am not fully finished with money. I don't think, and I haven't done love frankly, cause I, I feel like I have love, but now yeah. I want to knowing the the money and love is so connected. Yeah. But I felt like all could, because it's so much is coming back to like these deep core wounds or everything. It really all came back to inner child and shadow. Yep. D- d- wherever I'm trying to manifest. So I really liked that order. Yes. For anyone that's that good to know. Wants an example too. Yeah. I mean, kind of all of our limiting beliefs go back to those in, you know, those formative years, like zero to 14, our brain's not fully formed until 26. So it's like, what was the blueprint then? And Mm -hmm. like start to peel back the layers. It's so funny. One of my friends was, is manifesting a partner and She's like, yeah, I'm not really sure what my blocks are. Like my parents had a good relationship. I was like, but did you want that relationship? Like, did you like that dynamic? She goes, oh, hell no. And I was like, yeah. well, <laughs> then what do you, we, that's your model. Like start there, mm-hmm. like start pulling back yeah. the layers in that dynamic um, because you're operating from that blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's true. I, I'm done. Like I have no words. Gabby's processing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my, I've been so quiet this whole episode because I feel like I'm, I'm on, I'm constantly buffering. Like I'm just trying to digest <laughs> everything that you're saying because I'm like, wow, there's a lot. I think this is going to be so unbelievably helpful to our listeners. Seriously. It's going to be an episode. I never revisit episodes. Like when I fully like listen transparently, this one will be one that I revisit. Yeah. Oh, so glad. I I truly like it has changed my life in so many beautiful ways, like getting friends, family, everyone mm-hmm. into it and just hearing how it's impacted everyone. Like it is such an incredible tool to have and a new like lens to look at the world through. So if you feel stuck, stagnant in transition, not sure how to like achieve your goals or things are you're getting tested or triggered a lot, like I'm telling you this give it a try. There's so much it works. there. Yeah. Just, I feel like I manifested you on this podcast. I've been you listening did. to the yeah. podcast for years. Yeah, been like I, so long. Yeah. I started the workshops in like 2020. Like wow. I stand by this so much. It's totally changed my processing, my life. I'm so grateful for yeah. you for being here and sharing so much of it with our community. They're going to freak out. Yeah. Oh, I can't even tell you. you. I can't so much. wait. This was so amazing. Love it. Thank you so much. Of yeah. course. Thank you guys. This has been so fun. Oh, good. That makes us happy. And everyone listen to the expanded yeah. podcast too. Oh, yes. Your podcast is also incredible. And every I feel like almost everything we talked about, you have yes. like a full yes. hour episode on like tests alone mm-hmm. or you know, money. Like they really break it down so everyone everything will be linked. We'll link everything up. Yeah. Course, have to shout out the podcast. Thank you. Yes. All right, thank you. Bye. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, baby. Gotcha.